This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? What? <laughs> what is up, Craig? That's what you're going with? Yeah, I'm dropping the whole AKA Axe, or some people call me Axe. That whole thing. I'm just going to call you Craig. Because of that one review we had? Is that, the, first re- is of all, that the reason? First of all, there's been a couple reviews over the years. That have mentioned that? That have no. mentioned that. No, no. One. There was only one? Guys, if you leave me and Barry a review, like, we really take it to heart, <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally, we have changed the entire ways we do shows based on one review. So that's, that's evidence that everyone should leave as many reviews as possible, right? That are positive. Sure. Because when we get these ones every now and then that are like, hey, Craig, you got to settle on a fucking name <laughs> or axe or whatever the fuck you want to be called. And they're probably yeah. right. But but the what, the reason why we always did the two names thing is because of you, dude. So you have the ability to stick to one name. Absolutely. Because we didn't always do that Craig, some people call me Axe thing until we got fucking reviews of people saying, hey, I'm confused. Are there three of you? Who's Craig? Who's Axe? So that's why we started doing that because Barry, always in the show. By the way, Barry, your audio is working tonight. Everything's yes, my good. audio is working. Why do you even have to bring that shit up? I'm just getting over it. All right, it's <laughs> been like a little over a week, and I'm just finally getting over what happened last week. Why do you? Right, why do you I know, I know. Like two days after the podcast, you want to do another one because you had that bad taste in your mouth. You said, "Yeah, I wanted to like get it out of my system, like completely." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, "No, we just had one. Oh, do a complete podcast and then have to redo it." I kind of wanted you to suffer for like a week. Yeah, well, it won't happen again. <laughs> it was the worst. To have to do an entire podcast, think that you're done for the night, only to have to redo it, which is impossible. That was so annoying. Oh, plus, it was brutal. Plus, Barry was, I don't even think we talked about this, but you were like in bed, right? And when I called you, you were like laying down. I was literally like, I was walking into the bedroom, you know, it, it was super late already. I was walking into the bedroom. The lights are out. My wife's, you know, been asleep for a couple hours. Got the pajamas on. <laughs> Got the pajamas on. Like you wear real pajamas. pajamas. I think we talked about this, right? No, I, I either. Most of the time, I sleep in my boxers and an okay. Undershirt. We don't need to know that, Barry. All right. So you maybe got the people your, want to know. Uh, you got your little pajamas. You got your boxers on. Your little socks <laughs> yeah. that you wear to bed. No, I don't sleep in the socks. No. Oh, me neither. No, it's horrible. 
I don't understand people who do that. My wife does that. She's fucking insane. <laughs> fucking insane. And and my feet do get cold most of the time, but I still will not sleep with socks. Do you sleep with your feet like hanging off the edge of the bed? Because you're pretty tall. Yeah, but we've got a king. My feet don't hang off the edge of the bed. I'm like five foot seven, but I my feet ha- hang off the end of the bed. Like the end of the bed? You're not talking about the side of the bed. You're talking about the end of the, the bed. The end. How I is may- that possible? Well, because I, well, I mean, when it has a possible, you just move down the bed. I like them to hang out. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Do you sleep on your back or your side or? My side. Okay. I sleep on my stomach. Why are we talking huh. about this? What's happening? I don't know. But do you know that they say that people who sleep on their stomach are more likely to have sexual dreams? Yeah, because you're like humping your bed all night. <laughs> Pretty much. I guess that's the reason. Well, these West Coast trips suck, like always. Yeah, I mean, this one wasn't as bad. This one wasn't as bad as usual because there was a Sunday game in the afternoon, right, out in right. L.A. So that was bearable. The Utah game, you know, what was it, a 9 o'clock start? So that yeah. wasn't horrible. The Phoenix game was on a Friday night, so at least most people aren't working the next day. I know you were, but... That's right, a, but, and, usually a nine o'clock start as well. Right. Now I'm off on Wednesdays. So that Tuesday night game against the Lakers, I just saved it for Wednesday morning. You know, I avoided the score. Um, not like I thought it was going to matter, but uh, I watched that one Wednesday morning. So that, so it really didn't affect me that much this trip. The four losses, you know, kind of sucked. But Well, yeah, it really was awful because – Obviously, we were on that, what, three-game winning streak, right? And yeah. we had that first Phoenix game that, that we all thought, you know, we were going to take. I had money on that game with the Knicks getting six points. And the entire game, even when Phoenix like came back a little bit and it was like they were going back and forth, back and forth, I was like, all right, yeah. worst-case scenario, the Knicks will lose this game, but I'll still win because they're keeping it close. And then the last four and a half minutes of that game, they played like garbage. Just awful. And it seems like since then, they've been playing like crap. And they lost by eight that game. So we, we lost yeah. out on that game. So, yeah, I lost Fucking 100 bucks that eight, game. Barry. So where are we at now? Um, going into tonight, we're up 980. I bet three games tonight. I already won two of them. So I'm up uh, 1180. And then I got one more game riding right now. I've got Houston. They're down against OKC right now, but it's early. We need and- them to win by more than four. And you shared with me those ticket prices, and we're getting oh, fucking yes. close, okay. right? So, yeah. So, <laughs> I kind of changed my thinking. So, my dream and, like, the goal was to sit courtside. Like, literally, you know, somewhere near midcourt, feet on the floor, right? Opposite the Knicks bench. Right. And those tickets go anywhere from 3000 to $4,000. Even for a Wednesday night game against a shitty team like the Grizzlies. Like, 3600 bucks for one seat. I checked the first row behind the Knicks bench, uh-huh. and it's a quarter of the price. It was like now why is that? Because that's an amazing. That's it's an amazing seat. I'm picturing great. like, like t- during the timeouts, we're like in the fucking huddle. You oh, know, yeah. <laughs> you're right there. And, <laughs> and, and and how often are we gonna end up on TV if we're in there? Exactly. And like everyone who time. listens to the show is gonna know we're <laughs> at that game. Right. Right. So I've got my eyes set on that. Uh, and again, we're almost there, dude. We're almost there. I mean, I agree with you that that is – I honestly think I'd rather sit behind the bench. Right. I think that would be a cool experience. And you're still low enough where, like, you still get free food in that Delta Lounge that is, like, down there where all the famous people go. Oh, you do get free food? You get free food and free free non-alcoholic beverages in those seats. Like what? Fucking soda? Well, yeah. Soda, water. Gatorade? Is that included? Anything non-alcoholic. Yes. Wow. 
All right. Well, that's that. I think that's a good. That's the plan. A good change of plans. Yes. My only fear in that is if we sit next to Iggy, who's been sort of with the team, sitting behind them. You know. Oh, Iggy's been sitting behind them. I didn't. Even you haven't noticed? Not... Oh yeah, he's no. been traveling with the team in street clothes, but sitting. Oh, it seems like he's always in the row behind, like with the assistant coaches in that area. It might have to do. You know what it has to do with too is where they're playing. Because yes. there are some times where fans are literally sitting next to the players in that same first row. Those arenas are very weird. It's so <laughs> yeah. crazy. Like I was I was watching a game a couple of days ago that the Knicks were playing. And yeah, there's this like dude, you know, this fat dude sitting literally like right next to LeBron James or something. <laughs> you know, whatever game it was. It's crazy. Yeah. So so this West Coast trip, I guess we should talk about the games. I don't Do we have to? We do. We do. Phoenix, we, we blew. Yes. So that was heartbreaking because we wanted that fourth in a row. And of all the games, like we we knew we were likely to lose those next three. And exactly. Then to, that was and then the one to play to the Clippers so well in that fucking first quarter, dude. Oh, my God. 45, 47 points, something it's like 45 that. 45 points. Yeah. Dude, I was actually DVRing that game. But when I DVR it, I can't help but look. Um, so we were like at some mall. I'm checking. I'm like 45 first quarter points. We're gonna score like 180 points this game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And then they basically turn around and have a better second quarter than we had first. Yeah, they set back to back franchise records. You know, <laughs> with the opening first quarter and then letting up the most points in the second quarter. I think they had like didn't they have like 47 in the second quarter or something ridiculous. Yeah, something like that. So that was just heartbreaking because we even in the at the end towards the end we were close to coming back. Yeah, they kept it close. They did. Couldn't pull it off. You know, my head always goes to we could you know, this could have been our fifth win in a row. Oh, you're already thinking that? Well, you know, if we beat Phoenix, if we beat the Clippers, <laughs> if, if, and then if, the yeah. way it just flops to, you know, four in a row, winless on the West Coast trip, getting killed by the Lakers, and then getting slaughtered by the Jazz the next night, and Emmanuel fucking Moutier. Yeah, he had his, uh, like, his best game of the season against I them. mean, listen, people were, like, after that one game, a lot of Knicks fans are talking about how great Moutier looked, you know, but he, there were times when he looked great for us last season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially I think people down the have very games. short memories. Sure. Like yeah. he dominated some games. Yeah, and then I, it's funny because I hear Rebecca because even when he was doing that, even when he was playing well last season, Nick fans still didn't like him. Like they knew he wasn't the answer. He, you know, they didn't want to get behind him. Um, and yet Rebecca Harlow is interviewing is interviewing Rudy Gobert after the game, and she's saying, so you know, Emmanuel Mudiay had a great game uh, this game, and he was adored by Knicks fans last year. He was a fan favorite. You know, what is it about his game that, you know, that you're like, yeah, what, thinking, what are you talking about? You get that from. I know, exactly. I mean, honestly, I think fans, le- like a lot of fans did appreciate him. Well, they appreciate, yeah. That, because we're yeah, just so desperate well, but... for a point, a point guard, right? right? But it was the same situation we're in every year with these guys on short term or one year deals where Knicks fans are constantly like, well, what's the point of giving him these minutes? Worst case, like best case scenario, he plays great. And we end up signing him long term, but then he sucks after that. So we, the Knicks got fooled once again. Yeah, I already know if that's goes the best back. case, but it's there's no good scenario there. Yeah, and it goes back to like this emotional phenomenon where you know you just have stronger ties and feelings for your own players that were drafted by your team. You know, because anybody else that starts off poorly, if they were drafted by the Knicks, 
you know, you, you root for them, you cheer for them. Those are the guys that you want to succeed. But if you pick up a guy, even if he's only in his second year or third year in the league, you don't have that straight, same bond for him. Like you don't, obviously you want him to do well. He's on your team, but you're not rooting for him as much as you are your homegrown. Let's talk about a homegrown player that fans want to see more of. Or not fa- not fans, like half the fans. <laughs> Frank against the Jazz, I don't know. I thought he was our best player in that game. Yeah. No, he did some night. He was like the only bright spot I saw in that game. He had a few um, fake. He had a few fakes in the lane that really. Oh yeah, just unfrank like. Right, right. He played confidently. He did. You know, and but he got very limited minutes, which I still don't get how that's happening in a game where he's playing well, dude. Dude, they lost by twenty four points. He was a plus ten in the game. Right, I saw that. And Ellington was a plus six. Everyone else is like minus thirty three, <laughs> minus twenty. You know. Uh, Peyton was minus 33. And and the, the other like sour thing that happened is, is you look at Mitchell Robinson. I mean, in a game that you don't have Randall and you don't have Morris, you're hoping to get big, a big output from Mitchell Robinson. He just, he just wasn't there. You know, he didn't have it. What did he score? Six points this game? I mean, can you not, can he, why, why can't he start Mitchell Robinson in that game? Right. We're really putting out Taj, Portis and Bullock in our front court. That would have been the game to do it. You know, you're 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 changing up the lineup anyway. You know, you've got new starters. You know, um, in the game, he should have been he should have been part of that. I agree. But for me, Frank Nilakina wasn't like the one shining thing to take out of that game. The best thing out of that game for the Knicks, a hundred percent from the free throw line. <laughs> That's what I love. The only time this season they've done that, and I don't care that they averaged twenty four free throw attempts. Per game in this game, they only shot eleven. I don't care. They, they shot made eleven. All of them. Only yeah, five, but they made all of them. Only five Knicks went to the line. <laughs> hey, look, I don't care. I'm taking that with me. Okay, I don't care how many it was. They hit them all. All right, they're averaging sixty eight percent on the season. You know, far back, you have to go to find a Knicks team that averaged less than sixty eight percent on the year in free throw percentage. Nineteen forty eight. That's how far back you got to go, oh, dude. You did your homework. These are true I did. Stats. I did my little homework. True stat. Yeah, so so on the last pod, we talked about how amazing that defense was. I know you spoke about this before we got on. You want to talk about this? Oh, dude, yeah. Dude, listen to these stats before you talk. Okay. Right? Yeah. If you remember, I went to the same website De- where I got depress those stats. Depress me. Dude, depress me. When we were on that winning streak, I shared those stats with you, and we were number one in all these defensive stats in the whole NBA over those like three games. Yep. So in those same exact stats I looked up last time, opponent shooting percentage, opponent points per games over the last three games— we're dead last in opponent shooting percentage. We were first the last <laughs> over that over that winning streak. And then opponents' points per games were second to last, giving up 126.7 points over Dude. the last three fucking games. The defense has done, gone from the fucking best in the NBA over those fucking three games to the worst. The way the pendulum fucking <laughs> swings with this team is insane. You know, from, from you go from so high to so low, sometimes they look like they're playing so great and that they're turning this corner... And the, the floor drops from underneath them. We were, you're right. When you were talking about like that, that streak that they were on with those defensive numbers, we saw it. You know, we were talking about how they were fighting through screens and this and that. This West Coast trip, they were dying on screens. They were just getting stuck there. Against the Lakers, it's, it's almost like they were daring LeBron to shoot. They, they would bump into a screen, and then they're just standing there. LeBron's got six feet of space between him and his defender. He's got all the time in the world. And you're daring him to shoot? He was killing you. And, the, and, the, and then, you know, again, in Utah, they're just not hustling. They're not running on defense. I, I don't know what is going on. 
I really don't. And then did you see that Jordan Clarkson uh, on the fast break? Yes. Split two Knicks defenders. What? I have never seen an <laughs> NBA play like that. He didn't even really do anything. No. And both Knicks defenders <laughs> just let him fucking dipsy doodle right between. Them. It was like <laughs> he was a magnet and they were like the polar opposite magnets being repelled away. Yeah, just to exactly. That's a perfect. That is a beautiful. You should. You should. Did you tweet that when it happened? No, I just thought of it. You got some you, nice little things. I was things. picturing it that, in the play. You had that tweet about the uh, the veg, the veggie smoothie and the chocolate milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> right? What was that? Uh, I somebody tweeted, um, I guess about how something about uh, Marcus oh, Morris. The Knicks would prefer to, to deal Bobby Portis than Marcus Morris. Right. They would prefer to deal Bobby Portis. Yeah, and keep Marcus Morris. And I said something like that. You know that you got to think about the long term. You know, think about your future. That's like, you know, knowing that you want a chocolate milkshake because it's going to taste good right away. But the right thing to do is have the veggie smoothie instead because it's good for your long-term health and your future. Right. You're like, of course, I'd prefer a chocolate milkshake over a veggie <laughs> fucking smoothie. Yeah, of course, we'd rather watch Marcus Morris, you know, <laughs> and and ditch Bobby Porras. But if Marcus Morris is going to get us a value for the, to help this team out, you know, rather than keep him for another three months and then who knows what's going to happen, you got to do that, you know. Yeah, you got 1028 for Christ's sake. Come on. Yeah, completely. Let's talk. Let's let's do our uh, Crumpkins ad. All right. You want to sure. read that this time? Uh, I mean, I, I can. I I don't have it pulled oh, up, but prepared. But that's okay. I don't need it pulled up. Take a stroll down Clarkson Avenue and Crumb get some. Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company has been doing it for years. You know the story behind this, Craig. We know it. This dude would eat these crumb cakes that his friend's mom made. And they were telling her for years, you got to sell these things because other people are going to love them too. Finally, she agreed. And this company is blown up. They're selling across the country. They've been featured on places like the um, Home Shopping Network. They've been in, in magazines, mail order magazines. They're located right here on Long Island. So you owe it to yourself to go to their website, www.clarksonavcrum.com. And when you enter promo code HARDNICKSLIFE, you're not only going to get great crumpkins, but you're going to get them at 23% off your order. Shipping is really inexpensive. You'll get them within two days, most likely, in most places. So crumb gets them. You get crumpkins. They're like mini muffin form crumb cakes. Or you get the 8x8 crumb. I, you're going to do this from now on, I think. Okay. Because that was so much better. All right. But the only thing you're missing is that your taste buds will thank you. But, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, go get, go get some. Yeah. One other thing we got to talk about yeah. from this West Coast trip, because I got a question for you, because it made me okay. think. You know, right. as much as, I didn't like to see it, because I don't like to see anybody possibly get hurt, um, especially if there's no reason for it. But I want to talk about the flagrant fouls in against the Lakers. So you know, obviously Bobby Portis took a huge swing at Caldwell Pope's head, knocked him down. He got tossed out of the game. Shortly after that, Reggie Bullock pulls down JaVale McGee with two hands, throws him down, which, in my opinion, was almost just as bad. Um, he gets a flagrant one. The next game, Bobby Portis almost does the same exact thing against Bogdanovich, swings at his head, gets a flagrant then. These, this, what we're seeing, you know, because it's almost becoming a pattern, all these technical fouls and then this rough play that we saw, is this frustration or are these... 
Knicks trying to create like a bad boy identity for themselves? Or is it a combination of both? Am I am I reading too much into it? You know, because they started off this season, you know, like they were talking like they're going to be like these tough guys. They're going to brawl. They're going to bring it back to the streets, the 90s Knicks, yada, yada, yada. You know, obviously they're not defending the Garden. Their record is crap. So are they trying to at least create some type of identity, some toughness to this team? No. I don't what think is so. it then? <laughs> is it just I mean, Bobby Portis I mean, being Bobby two Portis? The, two of those three fouls were by Bobby Portis, who I just don't think well, is this, uh, the highest IQ guy out there. He's, he's just playing hard, I well, think. Well, that not to mention what but I don't know how we can. I don't know how we can talk about them bringing toughness back right. when they're fucking giving up 128 points a game. You well, know? that's the whole thing. If they can't do it with their basketball skill, you know, it's almost like they're trying to do it with his muscle. But you're right. Bobby Portis... Yeah, he's a guy who what punches on teammate in the face, uh, you know, broke the guy's nose in practice. Yeah, I think that's just like even after that foul in Utah, that flagrant foul, and they, and they called it a flagrant. He was on the bench, shocked that right. they could call that a flagrant foul. It was literally the next day, right, or two days after, and it was almost the same exact foul, just not as bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And, and he after like, he like could, issued an apology to the guy, he was fined twenty five thousand dollars for it. Honestly, if I did that two games in a row, I would go back to that bench feeling so fucking bad about it. I would know? pull my my warm up shirt. I would pull it over my head, and like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I I'd feel so ashamed of myself. That's what I was expecting that he was going to do when he was like, "How could you call that a flagrant?" <laughs> I mean, that should be all you need to know about that situation. He's just a, I mean, I don't want to say he's not an idiot, but it's just careless. And I don't know, the Knicks obviously aren't focused all the time. And I think it's just a lack of focus. Yeah, that's got to be, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, because, you know, again, you know, your shots aren't falling. That's one thing. But how can you have a successful run of games on the back of your defense? And then it's like you don't even try after that. That's the most frustrating thing. I mean, but, you know, again, you got to, all things considered, I mean, even the wins that they had, it wasn't like it was against good teams, you know, so maybe that was a part of it. You know, your defense is going to look better when the team's offense is struggling big time. Yeah, I mean, and part of it is that that our veterans, someone from another team made this comment this season that the Knicks have these players that are like castaways from other teams or they're players that other teams didn't really want. And that seems to be like what most of our veterans are made up of. And there's a reason why these guys are not highly sought after players in the NBA. And one of the biggest reasons in the NBA is consistency. Anybody can have a great game here and there. And that's the kind of players that we really have. We don't have guys who night in and night out have great games and consistent play. And so that's what we're getting from our team. A lot of inconsistency. Yeah, we don't well, have, any have consistency stars. when, you know, Wayne Ellington, you know, Half the games, even though he's eligible to play, he doesn't. You know, Reggie Bullock, right. you know, he's only played, you know, four games now. Well, look at look at guys. Look at a- actual stars in the league. We don't have a star, right? Look right. at stars in the league like LeBron, Luka, whoever. Most teams have some sort of star, yes. right? Those guys, every single night, night in and night out, they give you the same stats, the same production. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's what makes them a star. Every time you check their box scores, it's the same shit, and it's amazing. We don't have anyone like that, so I, that's a major thing that we're missing. Absolutely, yeah, and I tweeted something like that today, is that that's, that's when this franchise is going to start to turn around. Um, 
it's got to be one of one of the guys that you've drafted one of these years, you know, and, and whether you just drafted him and he's coming out his rookie year or it's a guy that you've been developing for two or three years, you need a guy to become like a top 30 player in the NBA. Once that happens, that's when things are going to turn around because then you're going to start competing. You're going to get more eyes on you. You're going to get the other players that are going to want to come join that fella. And, you know, that's what that's what we're waiting for. And we may have it with RJ. We may have it with somebody who draft next year, you know. That's what it's going to take. Yeah, you know, what's sad is with our front office right now, it just feels like, and even the way you just said that, at some point you have to draft someone or sign someone who's going to work out. And it almost feels like we don't feel very confident in our front office or our franchise that, you know, where we know that we're going to someday have that. We just assume that at some point, well, look, you know, it almost happened if you with close KP. your eyes and grab a shit, eventually... You're going to get it right, and that's what we're waiting for. I, I would I, look. I wouldn't say that our front office is that inept. Like to, to the, I'm not saying they're not inept, but I wouldn't say they're that that inept. Where it's like you know who like who are you talking like about? Scott Perry, the, yeah, Scott Perry. Scott that, Perry is not know, that. Inept. I, I don't. Like Steve Mills don't, is inept. Look, I don't look at them entering any. You know, over the last few years of the draft, I don't picture them with a blindfold on. You know, doing pin the tail on the donkey with picking like their next draft pick off the lottery board. I don't think that's what's happening. I think they do do their research. I think they make well-educated picks. I think any NBA team fights this battle with every draft class. You know, there's only so much homework you can do. You got to hope that you know what's going to translate in the NBA. You don't always do. Obviously, guys, I outperform what the scouting showed and other guys don't live up. To how it showed that they were going to live up to. No, you're right, and I don't think we've dra- like honestly, I don't think we've drafted that poorly, right? Like even Frank. I mean, yeah. it hasn't worked out great, but Dia, everyone wanted DSJ who came right. behind him, you know, right. or came right. what he came came right after him, right? Yeah, yeah, it was right, right, the next pick. So that was everyone's big argument. Everyone talked about Donovan Mitchell, but he went several picks later. Sure. Or yeah, of course, it would have been great if we drafted Donovan Mitchell, but uh, many teams passed on him. The more raffle tickets you buy, the better chance you're going to have to win. And, you know, the last few years, the Knicks keep showing up there. They keep showing up there. It's going to be another year they're in the top, get, getting one of the top picks going into uh, the next lottery, the next draft. Is it just me or is, is there just weird, some weird vibe going on with the Knicks right now? A lot of guys not playing in games, whether it's personal issues. I know Alfred had a daughter or a child. A daughter. And he, okay. And, you know, he wasn't going to play in that game in Phoenix, but then he flew all the way there. But then he, like, missed the next game, I assume, for the daughter, right? Right. And Marcus Morris has been playing great, but then he misses a couple games because his, or he keeps missing games because of some sore neck. Well, yeah, which is and, recurring, you know, which is he had that a couple of fine. weeks ago. DSJ, he's injured still? Really? <laughs> is that really true? Julius Randle, he's going to miss supposedly another game now with the personal issue and that something that's, might have happened. That's the most mysterious one to me. But you they're know? all, th- that is the most mysterious, but... Am I wrong in that that there's just like there is like something weird going on with like a few players, at least DSJ and Randall. I don't remember a time like this where this many players are in and out of the lineup for reasons that we don't really know why, exactly why. Right. Do we know exactly what's up with DSJ right now? No. No. (laughs) Morris 
okay, it's a sore neck. I don't really, I don't doubt the Morris thing. Although he, he is our best player and he's missing games because of a sore neck. Yeah. Yeah, but that could lead, you know, if, if you don't let that heal up and it just lingers, it's it's never going to heal. You know, okay. and that could be really bad. You don't want to. So what's, let's talk up. about Randall then. Right. What is going on there? What do you think? Uh, supposedly. So here's he, what we know. Well, the, say what we know and then what we've heard, right? Okay. So what we know, because this at least comes from a reputable Knicks beat reporter, which is Mark Berman. Uh, that's a reputable. Now that you're saying yes, he he's a reputable. reputable. When he's, he's reporting news, he's reputable. Yeah, he's been covering this team for 20 years. He's not going to say something. He wasn't hinting that this happened. He said that literally Julius Randle got called out of the locker room to a private office in a private meeting with the front office. Okay. So that much we know. And and, and came out shortly, looking upset, right? Is that was that him who said that or See, even if he did that see that that part of it leads to speculation and okay, you know, how much are we reading into it? How does he know he's upset? Okay, but he right? came out and he didn't speak to the media after that game, right? That's a fact. Right. And and right after that we heard that he was going to miss the next game for personal reasons. Right, and before that was after the Lakers game, right? Before the game, he was he had you saw the video with him and his kid on the court. Him I didn't see like, it. So there's video of him and his son on the court, who's like I don't know three, four, dribbling, having fun, lifting him up over his shoulders, just having a ball. So lots of great, happy, fun family time right before the game. Huh. After the game, gets called into a room, leaves supposedly looking upset. And doesn't speak to the media, runs out, and he misses the next two games for personal reasons, right? Right. Well, the Utah game and now supposedly against New Orleans. Right. And then, so this part, we cannot, what's the word I'm looking for? Confirm, verify. Yes, yes, we cannot confirm or verify this. But there was one particular Knicks fan, I think he was a Knicks fan, who said he was at the game in L.A. Yes. And... Immediately after the game, he says that he saw Randall as he was walking into the tunnel back towards the locker room yelling at Steve Mills as he was entering the locker. And then and then right Wasn't after that Steve is, Mills and Scott Perry? Well they're, they're, I mean they're attached at the hip all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't so know which what one was yelling. The fuck is going on? <laughs> so it, So if you didn't hear about that part, you're just thinking I'm thinking, you know, players don't have their cell phones on them during the game. Steve Mills and Scott Perry must have found out about something going on with the family or an illness or some emergency, maybe. And they call him in the office after the game and they tell him, hey, so-and-so is going on. And he walks out upset because who wouldn't be upset, right? So so that's theory one. Theory theory two, Julius Randle, either at some point at the game or right after the game, finds out from his agent or somebody that... There's talks going on about him being traded to another team. And this is the first that Randall's hearing about it. So he goes off with the mouth at Mills. And you think that his agent, right after the game, is running up to... How's he getting that information? The He's agent? running up to Randall's... Yeah. How would the agent get it? Because another team... No, how would contacted... the agent get it to Randall that quickly after the game? Because he maybe he sits right... Maybe he was sitting right behind there. He could have been there in person. He could have been at the game. Okay. A lot of his agents live out in L.A. So they yeah. would definitely be... At the game, if they were, and this is out. your theory. This is one of my theories. Okay. So Randall finds out 
and it's he's hearing this for the first time that he might be traded. He probably thought he was secure as a Nick. So he starts yelling at Mills as he's walking into the tunnel because he hadn't heard anything about it, and it's a shock. Then they call him in to that private meeting to tell him up front, yes, we're looking to deal you. Um, we've got something in the works. And for whatever reason, they decide it's best that he not play the next game and they come to a mutual decision that they'll say it's for personal reasons he's not going to play. That's theory two. Theory three. Oh, you have a third fucking theory. I have a theory, third theory. Barry. Holy yes. shit. And my this is third not on theory... Barry's board, by the way. It's just you're right off the cuff here. Yes. My third yeah. my third theory, and I'm going I'm to skip part A. We'll come back to it in a second. My third theory is that when he yelled in public at Steve Mills and Scott Perry and went off at the mouth like that, they did not, They were not going to take that from anybody who's underneath them. He is underneath them. He's on their team. So they call him into the office. They said, look, we're not going to suspend you publicly, but we're going to keep this in-house. You are suspended for one game. We're going to call it personal reasons. Do not represent yourself. And as a Nick like that in public, you know, especially on another team's court, and this is what's going to happen. Now, as far as why he would have been yelling at them in the first place, in yeah. this particular theory I mean, of mine, I don't have a reason. Well, those two, I feel like your theories two and three are very similar, right? <laughs> they kind of would go hand in hand. Sort of. He's, he would be yelling at them about something. I mean, usually we, I feel like we find out after the fact about, you know, again, unless it's, whether it's spun into to a, a fake, you know, <clears throat> excuse or not. For some reason, this one fan who tweeted that, I don't know if I'd buy it. So they're trying to stir You're telling some, me that that's the, the only fucking person? Right. You would have thought in this day and age. or heard that this day and age, no one else is in the tunnel. It no would, there would have been a video of video. it, right? Right? There would have been a video, I think. There right? would at least be other people saying, yeah, I saw that too. It's LA. Right. There's people all over the place. Right. We would want to see that video. Let's say that is the case, that... For whatever reason, he's ang like he did yell at Perry and Mills, and maybe he's like, "Well, fuck this! I don't want to play here anymore." Or, or even they are trying to deal him now. Either or. Like, what does that say about Perry and Mills? That in two years, Porzingis was our franchise player, right? Then fucking right. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's not, and we're dealing, we're trading him to Dallas out of nowhere. Right. And and again, I mean, to be fair, that, that it happened out of nowhere to all of us. It could have been a long time coming for them internally. Yes, that's fine. Know. But then this year, Randall, let's say this did happen. They sign Randall. They talk about, you know, he's part of the future. Young guy, part of the future, part of the core. You know, he's he's going to be the last guy in the, called out in the starting lineup. It's almost like he's our captain, right? He's the key piece on the team right now. Yeah, sure. He was a our few big months contract. In, a few months into the season. They're either deciding it's time to move him or he's deciding he doesn't want to be here anymore. Either way, that speaks volumes about our front office. Right. It'll be interesting what happens Friday night, you know, because he's going against his old team, the Pelicans. Um, now, I haven't heard anything one way or the other, if he's out, if he's in. But that is not a game you would miss for personal reasons, right? You know, going back up against your former team for the first time in the season when you only face them twice in a year at home. What about this? I have a theory. After the game, after we got killed by the Lakers, that Perry and Mills are like, hey, Julius, you guys aren't focused. Before the game, you're messing around with your son on the court during warm-ups, having a great time. You guys get blown out by the Lakers. You can't be doing that. Wow. 
before the game. And then he goes off on that because you don't want to fuck with people's family, right? <laughs> but that did actually, did it did really strike me. Like, I don't mind a player bringing their kid on the court who they don't see that often. But it is a little weird. It's literally two weeks after everybody in the postgame, including Randall himself, specifically pointed to warm-ups as having to be taken more seriously. It came right off the, right after the loss against the Washington Wizards where they got blown out, which was two weeks ago. Two weeks prior to this Jazz game. Yeah, that's game. true. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. two weeks prior to the Laker game. Um, so, I mean, how quickly you forget and that, you know, you got to take care of business from that point on. You can't wait till game time. And yeah, now in is, defense of you know, Randall, around. I don't know. I saw that video, but I don't know if that was like in the afternoon the place looked pretty empty. There were other players on the court. There were Lakers on the court. Oh, so it could have been during the day. It, but it was. It could have been. I don't know. I just saw the video, and is this my? This is our fourth theory, Barry. <laughs> my potential theory. Right. We're like how many weeks are we? We're we're too many weeks away from the trade deadline. I can't believe. We're we're less than a month, dude. Okay, that's still it's very like long weeks. time away. It used to be we're like a week or two before the trade deadline. All this shit would start going. Now it's like five or six weeks. We're going to talk about Marcus Morris being dealt for the next month because it's not going to fucking happen until the trade deadline. But let's talk about this again because now there's rumors that the Knicks aren't as open to trading Marcus Morris as many of us might want them to be. You know, Marcus Morris has been having a great season. His best. He's a super valuable piece for us right now. He could be a super he's, valuable he's piece He's leading the anyone. team. He's, our, he's our, our scoring leader. He's a leader. He doesn't want to go anywhere. And now the rumor is that Perry and Mills would prefer not to deal him, or at least the teams are getting that sense from them when they talk to them. They'd rather deal Portis, Taj, Ellington, whoever, just well, not Morris. It's also going to drive up Morris's ticket if they say that too. Right. That's the other reason they would be saying that. Obviously, you don't want to say you want to deal him because then his value goes down. So I'm fine with these reports coming out. You're fine with the reports coming out, but would you be fine? No. With the Knicks ultimately not dealing Morris because no. they would rather, of course, like you said, you'd rather trade Portis, but you're not going to get shit for fucking Portis. The whole point right. of trading a Morris is that you might get some value back, first round pick, young player, something from a team that wants to put themselves over the top to go for a championship. Portis is not putting any team over the top to get a championship, so you're not going to get half of what you get from Morris. You could put Portis and DSJ and Ellington all together, and you won't get what you get from Morris. This is the perfect scenario for the Knicks right now, to have Marcus Morris on a one-year deal so that you can trade him for something valuable. Why Why would you hold on to him? Can I mean, you believe these fans that are like, do not trade. You better not trade Mook. I saw one fucking person. Actually, I think it's one of our listeners who is a loyal listener, so God bless you. I believe it was like Nick's girl. Do you know that tweeter? Twitter? Yes. <laughs> tweeter. And she was like, if they trade Mook, that's the last straw for me. Yeah. And I then saw you have that. other Knicks fans who are like, if they don't trade Mook, that's the last straw for me. Even if Marcus Morris, you know, let, let's say he is um he's hundred percent truthful saying that he wants to be here long term. He wants to continue to, to, to play around these young guys and show them and be here for a long, long time, re-sign here the whole bit. Let's say all that's true. He says to the Knicks, look, if you trade me for somewhere somewhere else, don't think that you're going to re-sign me because that's it. You trade me somewhere, I am not coming back. 
even if he said that to them, you still trade him because keeping him here is going to do what for you? Yes. Yes. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, you know, maybe his, his style of play and his character is going to rub off and influence the other guys. But look, the, 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 it's a much bigger payoff to get your hands on another first round pick than it is to have to hope that he's going to just magically rub off on the other players. You know, there is a little bit of a value to have a strong locker room, you know, a big value to have a strong locker room. But the, the, the reward to me is so much greater to get something for Morris now, even if it means losing him and, and not even having a shot at re-signing him over the summer. And think about the risk of just re-signing him over the summer. Okay, you're going to give Marcus Morris. He's having a great year, his best year of his career, like you said. Yeah. But let's look at it. He's playing for one of the worst teams in the league. All right. Somebody has to score those points. We see it every year. Right. All right. Someone is putting up stats that they normally wouldn't get just because they're on our team and the ball has to go through someone. You're going to give Marcus Morris, having his best season of his career, happens to be playing for us, a long-term contract after this season and commit to him based on this one season. Do you really want to do that? He's making $15 million this year. You want to pay him upwards of $20 million a year or whatever it ends up being to keep him away from other teams that might go after him? He's going to get a lot of money based off of this year. And you all want to use your cap space on Marcus Morris? Right. And what's his best statistic this year? It's like the 40 47% that he's shooting from three. He's that's shooting out of his mind. Yeah, that's definitely go coming down. <laughs> down big time. It's going to come down before the end of this season, let alone you know in another year. That is not sustainable. It's not sustainable at all. No. You're right. A lot of his points are coming from that ridiculous three-point shooting percentage that he has. Yes. And we are Some not... guys do that. They just get on fire for an entire season. Yeah. And we, we're not giving a guy who averages 19 points per game, like that outrageous money that you're talking about, $20 million a year, for you know pretty much nothing else. You know, he, he doesn't pass the ball. Yes, he, bring, he brings intensity on the defensive end. But yeah, this three-point shooting, is he's a good three-point shooter. He always has been. But, you know... 37%, 38%, not not you know, over 40% like that. Listen, if there were some free agents coming out next season that, that I, we had a realistic shot of pairing Morris with, maybe if we could sign two, if there were two star free agents that we had our eyes on this offseason and he could be our third guy. Oh, yeah, fine. there you go. I could see it. But there's nobody really coming out as a free agent this year. No, this, and the we're not there. sucks. <laughs> and we're, we're not there. So we'll have another season or a couple seasons of Marcus Morris being our best player. Or we can get a first round get, get a late first round pick for him. It's fucking valuable. Right. If and we then end you up see... with the fifth pick and there's someone we want at three, you can pair those together and move up. It right. is very fucking valuable. And then you'll see what the true market value of him is over the summer. And if you want to put your hat in the ring to get him back on the team, if that works out, you do that. But I mean even him, I think he'll even if he wants to be here long term how could you not appreciate, you know, playoff basketball, you know, which he's been around before in his career? Why would he want to, you know, not be involved on a winning team and have a chance to get a ring? You know, who wouldn't? You know, I appreciate everything you said about wanting to be here long term. Like, it's nice. All right. It's way better than players who are requesting trades. And actually gives us a tiny shred of maybe everything isn't as fucked up as people say, because he seems perfectly happy. He says he wants to be here long-term, great. But yeah, when he's um, 
when we're competing against other teams who are offering more or the same money as us in the offseason, and these teams, you know, they don't have state tax or they're in the playoffs every year, they're going to be more appealing. Yeah, and it's not like he has to uproot his family and move there. You're going to be there for a couple of months. You'll ride out the season. You're a free agent over the summer. So no matter where you get dealt to, it's short term. I'm telling you, like, if we don't trade him, he's going to go elsewhere in free agency. For we'll what? Be left yeah, with nothing. Yeah, I don't left think, with nothing, nothing listen, to show for I don't it. think it's something that we should all get too stressed out about. I would prefer they trade him. Of course you would, because you're intelligent. You're smart. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm not going to flip out about it either way. He's still a, gr- a good player to have. Yes. Even for now. Right. But if Perry and Mills know what they're fucking doing, they're trading... If anyone on this roster they can trade, not named Mitchell or Barrett, that they can get a first-round pick for, they're dealing. Anybody. Yep. Randall, Morris, Frank, whoever. You get a first-round pick for them, you do it. Bullock. Bullock. Who? How the fuck? <laughs> Barry, let's talk about this. I'm the glad name? you brought that up. His last name? I don't understand how to say it. I don't know. The first game he was back, Mike Breen was saying it one way. I feel like he's saying it the same way he says it the, now. The but whole then the game next he was game, saying Bullock, like you pointed out. And then, yeah, the next game he said, I, I want to make an apology to the family because I was saying the name wrong. And I don't I even want to make, say it right now. He was because like, I, I want to make an apology to the Bullock family that I was saying the name wrong. I was saying Bullock. And I'm like, <laughs> it sounds the same. Every which way you say it. How do you say I feel like it's the most like subtle twist on the first half of the name like i know the last i know the last part is lock so we know it's not bullock it's not we we know it's not bullock i know it's lock at the end okay so the question is go ahead somebody needs to make a video where they're comparing the way said in the first game with the second yeah where's like john boy from you know yankees or whatever bullock i feel like he must have been going bullock like really stressing the bullock the bull bullock where now it's like the same Bullock, but but Bullock, Bullock, just quickly. Is that it, Barry? I don't I, I know. I wish I knew. I literally don't know. What Actually, the you know what? Call I really guy. don't give a fuck. I don't wish I know. I, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't know how to even root for him or say his name. I'd like to be able to know how to say that name. We know. We know who team. you're trying to say. Don't worry about it. We know Bullock, 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 Bullock. Fuck it. You sound like you're having a seizure. <laughs> I do that while I'm watching the games now. You don't do that? It's like Bullock. it sounds like when you say it, it sounds like you're trying to get like a little piece of like spinach off the tip of Bullock. your tongue or something that's like stuck on your the roof of your mouth or your tongue. Like you're trying to spit it out. Block. Okay. Yeah. So Fizdale, Fizdale had a had a quote this week. What was he on? He was on Golik and Wingo on ESPN radio in the morning on Wednesday. Yeah, and he was talking about us. Right? Not the, not well, the, not of course not he is. Us, what else is he going to do oh, about fans. you and me? <laughs> he was talking about the Knicks. He probably was fans. talking about us. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they yeah, they were asking about the Knicks obviously, asking about, you know, being fired, what he thinks about the team and and he went off about rebuilding in New York. And and how difficult it is, more difficult than other places, right? Yeah, yeah, to to quote him exactly, he said it's a team that has struggled for a long time. And I think fans really want to get this thing going as soon as possible. It's unique from that standpoint. There's other places you can take your time a little more and build more slowly. So basically saying that he got the short end of the stick. 
because it's New York. If he had more time, this thing would have blossomed, you know, into this <laughs> grandiose flower of right. his. Everyone always needs more time. You know what drives me nuts about that quote from him? What's that? We do get that rap that, that Knicks fans are impatient and you can't re truly rebuild in New York, right? Right. But for these guys, Miller, Fizdale, Hornacek, whoever, over these however many years it's been during this rebuild that we keep starting and restarting, the fans are the ones who have always been pushing all of us that we just want to see the young guys play all the time. That we don't care how that affects our wins and losses. That we just want the coaches to... To give in to the young guys, to play Frank the whole fucking game if that's possible, to play Barrett as much as possible, Frank, Knox, let them all start. We don't care if we're winning. It's always the fucking coaches and the front office that are the ones inserting these, uh, you know, Trey Burks, Ramon Sessions, or, you know, the Michael Beasleys, the fucking Bobby Portises, all right, the Alfred Paytons. The veterans to help get wins and to help build some like. Well, you got to round out your. You got to round out I your understand. roster a little bit. I understand, but they're the one. Like, I'm just saying that we're willing to go to the extreme of playing just young guys and rebuilding that way. F to me personally, it feels like they're the ones who aren't fully committed to rebuilding. Not the fans. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I think that's a great point that you make. And it's funny, Fisdale pretty much absolves themselves too of like any problem. You know, because after like saying what he said, he goes on to say that it's just a matter of time before it comes together. So he's basically saying like he still believes that they're going to make it. And it's like a win win for him because if they make it, you know, he had something to do with it because they would have made it anyway because they just needed time. That's all I'm, he I'm sick of this. The same thing that you were saying before about, you know, at some point you're going to get a draft pick right and you're going to find a star. Yep. I hate the it's just a matter of time. One day at some point, everything's going to fucking work out. Right, yeah, 20 years later, you're sitting here. Right. Someday it's going to fucking work out. <laughs> Someday things work out for people. You don't even have to try to make that happen. Eventually shit comes together. I hate that. Eventually it's going to work out. Eventually yeah, it, we're going to find a star. Eventually a we're going to sign a free agent that fucking works out. It is a complete cop-out of like a so-called plan that you have. Just that it's going to work out. Yeah, eventually, you know, when it doesn't work out, we'll get rid of everyone. We'll keep trying over again. Eventually, it's going to fucking work out, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's like me when I get lost in the city, dude. Sometimes I get, I'm so bad with directions, and I'll just start, I don't do this as much as I used to, but like if you end up downtown somewhere and it's, you know, you don't have the street numbers or something. Yeah. That's like you just get out, you you start you start walking, you know you're going the wrong fucking direction. Uh, you and you're like, out, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to keep fucking making turns and eventually I'm going to figure out where I'm going. Right. In a couple of blocks, I'll recognize where I am and Maybe. You know, then I'll straighten out my like course At some point, I'm going to fucking figure it out. <laughs> you know, you get all the way to the end of Manhattan and you're looking at water, you realize you're going the wrong way. You turn around, you go the other way. That's okay. like how the Knicks are fucking running this team. Right. Yeah, eventually we're going to end up back at the garden or wherever we're going. But well, we're they just, do, they until do we end get up, there, we're just right. walking around with our eyes fucking closed. Right. Well, the Knicks do end up back at the Garden Friday night against the Pelicans. And, you know, unfortunately for them, this is not going to be an easy win. Don't be fooled by the Pelicans' 13-25 and 25 record. All right? Because they've been playing a lot better than that. Look at the last eight games the, Pel the last eight games the Pelicans have played. They beat Portland. They beat Denver. They beat Indiana. They beat Houston. Okay? Then they lost to the Lakers. But then they beat Sacramento, 
They lost to Utah, and they beat Chicago. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and they had a lot of impressive wins in that stretch. Brandon, Brandon Ingram is playing like an all-star. It's going to be a very tough game for the Knicks. Yeah, well, it's going to be very tough, especially if is – is Morris playing? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Morris playing or not. I think I out. heard he might play. Oh, I mean, that, that, that's helpful, Craig. If Morris, <laughs> well, I feel like right. that's the way it is with our entire roster. Randall, right right, Randall might play. By the way, have you seen Kenny Wooten's highlights in G League? Yeah. Got to get him up here. Holy shit! There was that one where he fucking jumped up out of his fucking socks. Oh my god! Is he, he almost reached the rafters? It was unbelievable. Oh my god! Yeah, he blocked out. He like caught the ball with two hands. That was insane. That was just as impressive as any Mitchell Robinson block that we had seen, like, you know, for the past year and a half. We got to get him up here. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. You want to reach out to us, you can email us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us at 516-33-MESH1. Leave us a voicemail, question, comment, or rant. Also, you know, if you like this podcast, share it. You can do that. You can tag us. You can share it on Twitter, on Instagram. Leave us a rating and a review. Guys, if you're on the subway, you see someone in a Knicks hat, you look at them. You say, it's a hard Knicks life. It's that simple. That's right. I walk up to people. I see them wearing like a little Knicks hat, you know, a beanie, T-shirt. I'm like, dude, it's a hard Knicks life. I'm paying the passion of the podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. And I walk away. That's it. <laughs> Dude, I saw the weirdest shit, by the way. On the way out, let me just tell you about it. Today, tell me if you find this weird. At Penn Station, get out of the, get out of the you know, L-I-R-R. Walking up the escalator towards uh, the street level. There's a lot of, like, crazy people over in that area. I hear someone screaming, like, fuck you, motherfucker, bitch. Fuck you. I turn around. I'm going up the escalator, and I see a guy standing on the stairs, yelling at someone down at the bottom of the stairs. It looked like it was some crazy person yelling at like envisioning somebody but no one's there see a lot of that in the city sure but then i realize but then this this woman starts walking up the steps next to him and he starts yelling at her fuck you bitch you motherfucker so i'm thinking he's yelling at just some poor woman right right then i notice she's wearing like a winter hat like a pink winter hat with ears like a like some sort of animal you know ears and a little tongue like a bu- yeah. like a bunny or something and then he's wearing some similar hat but a different animal. And he's like, fuck you, bitch. Slaps her in the back of the head. Whoa. As hard as, like, you could hear the slap. And she's like, if you fucking hit me again, I will fuck you up. And they just keep walking up the steps. They're like husband and wife. And you get a closer look at him, and it's Bobby Portis. It might have been Bobby Portis. It might have been him. But dude, that anger, and they're wearing these cute little winter hats, it just really struck me as weird. That is bizarre. (laughs) I thought, like, we were all gonna have to come to the rescue of some poor woman that was being attacked by, like, some strange dude. Yeah, but dude, even if she was being attacked and it was her husband, that's still not okay. You understand that, right? Yes. Oh, I know. I I walked away and I kept... I was, like, staring at them from across the street, but I'm not... I mean, what am I gonna go get my ass kicked by this dude in a fucking furry animal hat slapping the back of some woman in the head I don't, that guy's not doesn't have his head on right. <laughs> right listen nobody's life was in danger it was a slap to the back of the head how hard was it was it harder than bobby porter slapped uh caldwell pulp yeah, it was just as hard yeah. <laughs> so that's not a little slap to the back of the head her neck like jerked forward yeah so if you so if you don't want to con- obviously you know i wouldn't confront them either 
But yeah, you can fucking find a security guard, or not security guard, a fucking police officer, and say, yo, dude, there might be a domestic violence issue going on over here. Well, uh, you know, I just want to leave everyone on that positive note, so, <laughs> guys. Thanks. <laughs> Until next time. Yeah, yeah, just get us out of it, Craig. Get us out of it. <laughs> if your fucking audio is fucked up for this show, I'm done. And this is our last podcast. Then this is our last podcast. Because If you guys hear this right now, it is not. If you guys not hearing it, the last podcast you heard was our last one, right? Right. No, this All audio right. is golden. All right, guys. It is a heart. Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.